0: Reduced blood sugar, improved blood pressure, lowered cholesterol-enhanced immunity, and reduced inflammation. Can something as simple as garlic in our diet have all of these health benefits? Keep listening on to find out, only here on the People Scientist Podcast. You are listening to the People Scientist, the podcast dedicated to helping us optimize our health with the latest scientific findings on nutrition, health, and medicine. I, your host, Dr. Stephanie Caliguri, a nutritionist, physiologist, and neuroscientist, will be here with you every single week, bringing us information to ignite our thinking to help us be one step closer to the healthiest we can be. Hello, my people scientist army, and welcome back for episode 32 on the People Scientist podcast. I hope you all have been having an amazing week so far, and I hope I can ha- add a little bit of goodness and science to your day. Today we are covering a listener request episode, and that is all the health benefits of garlic. There are quite a few health benefits to garlic when we look at the clinical data. I know that sometimes it isn't convenient to eat garlic because of the odor emitted from it, but at the end of this episode, I'll share with you a few tips to find a way around that. So as we always do, let's start off with some core takeaways. Eating garlic regularly is associated with a lower risk of stomach and colorectal cancer versus people who eat garlic less often. Intervention clinical trials show that garlic supplementation improves blood sugar levels in those with type 2 diabetes, improves blood pressure in those with hypertension, and improves blood cholesterol levels. Some evidence also suggests that garlic may reduce some markers of inflammation and could enhance the immune system by reducing the incidence and length of the common cold. Now let's get into the details. I would say that the greatest amount of evidence to support the health benefits of garlic is in regard to heart health. Many clinical trials have investigated if garlic can improve blood pressure and blood cholesterol levels. For example, I mentioned back in episode 5, entitled The Silent Killer, that many clinical trials have shown garlic can benefit blood pressure. For example, a meta-analysis which pools together different controlled clinical trials was published by Reinhardt in 2008 in the Annals of Pharmacotherapy. They included 10 different clinical trials in their analysis that investigated the impact of garlic on blood pressure. Three of those 10 clinical trials included patients with hypertension, which is chronic high blood pressure. Most of the clinical trials asked the participants to consume 600 to 900 milligrams of garlic powder every day. A couple of the studies looked at aged garlic extract, and one looked at garlic oil. Now, the scientists overall concluded that in patients that were diagnosed with hypertension, garlic was able to lower their systolic blood pressure by on average 16 millimeters of mercury, and lowered their diastolic blood pressure by 9 millimeters of mercury. Now that is a huge reduction in blood pressure, and that is equivalent, if not better, than what we have seen with blood pressure-lowering medications in the clinic. On the other hand, garlic did not lower blood pressure in non-hypertensive individuals, so it did not induce low blood pressure. More recently, Reed in 2014 published another meta-analysis and review in in the Journal of Nutrition on Garlic and Blood Pressure. Their analysis included 20 different clinical trials that investigated the health benefits of garlic. Now, garlic powder was the most common supplement in these clinical trials and ranged from 600 to 900 milligrams per day. But aged garlic extract was also looked at in the range of 900 milligrams to 2400 milligrams per day. Now, in their meta analysis, if you look at just the trials in those with hypertension, the effects of garlic were more profound than in those with normal blood pressure, as in the previous meta analysis. Garlic caused systolic blood pressure to drop by, on average, 8 millimeters of mercury. And diastolic blood pressure by 6 millimeters of mercury. Again, a really great improvement in blood pressure. Now, was the garlic powder or the aged garlic extract better for blood pressure reduction? In this scenario, it seemed that the garlic powder was actually the best supplement, but both the garlic powder and aged garlic extract seemed to have some benefit for blood pressure. Now, the noted side effects with these garlic supplements were minimal. But one third of the participants complained about odor and 7% experienced mild stomach discomfort. But 7% in the placebo group also said that they experienced mild st- stomach discomfort. So overall, pretty much the odor is the most common side effect. So if garlic can beneficially impact blood pressure, how does it do it? Well, one hypothesis is through inflammation. Inflammation can contribute to high blood pressure as it changes the balance of vasodilatory and vasoconstricting oxylipins that regulate the vascular tone of our blood vessels. So if we can reduce inflammation, we may be able to reduce the constriction of the blood vessels and thus reduce blood pressure. It is also thought that if blood cholesterol levels are lowered, that there may be a reduced atherogenic score, so a reduced risk for atherosclerosis or clogged arteries. This would also reduce the risk for hypertension as a clogged artery narrows the space for blood to pass through. When that happens, the heart has to work harder. As a result, it increases the pressure that it has to produce. It increases the blood pressure in order to push the blood through that narrowed artery. So if we can reduce our atherosclerosis or clogged arteries, we can enhance or improve our blood pressure. So Durac in 2004, in the Journal of Nutritional Biochemistry, published a small clinical trial with 23 volunteers who had high cholesterol levels. The participants were given a garlic extract every day for 4 months. After 4 months of the garlic supplementation, the participants saw some great benefits that overall would reduce their risk for heart disease. For example, their good HDL cholesterol increased by 28%, their quote-unquote bad LDL cholesterol dropped by 33%, and their fasting triglycerides dropped by 29%. In addition, measures of oxidative stress and antioxidant potential in their blood were also assessed. The scientists noted a decrease in malandialdehyde, which is a marker of oxidative stress, And the garlic also caused an increase in their oxidation resistance, antioxidant potential, and increased their non-enzymatic superoxide radical scavenging. So overall, what this means is that the garlic supplementation improved their antioxidant level and reduced their oxidative stress. Now, this is thought to be very important for lowering the risk of so many chronic diseases that are out there today. However, it is important to note that there is some conflicting evidence. For example, Atkin in 2016 found that aged garlic extract did not improve inflammation, endothelial function, vascular inflammation, oxidative stress, or insulin resistance in patients living with type 2 diabetes. So perhaps what the difference with this clinical trial was is that they used aged garlic extract. So Maybe in this scenario, aged garlic extract is not the best form of garlic to take, but rather the other clinical trials that saw benefit provided supplements that had garlic powder, or maybe even just raw garlic, or an extract of that raw garlic may be more effective. Sobinin in 2008 conducted a study in 60 participants living with type 2 diabetes that were currently taking medications to help control their blood glucose levels. Now, depending on the participant's baseline blood glucose, the participants either took the garlic powder supplement called Alicor or a placebo for four weeks, either in replacement of their current diabetes medication or in combination with their current diabetes medication. Now, if the garlic supplement replaced their current type 2 diabetes medication, then on average. Their blood glucose levels went from 7.7 millimoles per liter to 5.9 by 4 weeks. They also saw a drop in their fructosamine levels, which is an indication of blood sugar levels over 2-3 to weeks. So this is quite a dramatic improvement, whereas the placebo group that went off their medication saw an increase in their blood sugar from 7.6 to 9.3. Now if the garlic supplement was taken in addition to their current diabetes medication, then their blood glucose blood glucose levels improved from 9.7 to 9.0 by 4 weeks, so it was not as significant of an improvement. But their fructosamine levels improved from 396 to 322, which was significant, whereas the placebo group worsened over time. So this study showed that garlic supplementation did indeed provide, provide quite significant improvements in blood glucose. But I do need to say that please do consult your physician before making any changes to your medication routine. It can be dangerous to stop taking a medication all of a sudden. And In in this trial where the participants stopped taking their diabetes medication and took the garlic supplement instead, they were monitored very closely by a physician throughout the four weeks. And if their blood glucose levels started to rise very quickly, then they were taken off the trial and put back on their medications. So overall, so far, it looks as though garlic may benefit a lot of the conditions of metabolic syndrome. For example, it improved measures of blood pressure, triglycerides and bad cholesterol and good cholesterol, and also seemed to improve blood sugar levels. But besides metabolic syndrome, does garlic have any other health benefits? Well, Fly Shower in 2001 in the Journal of Nutrition conducted a review of the available data on garlic intake in populations and the risk for cancer. The scientists concluded that, based on observational data, there appears to be a reduced risk for specifically stomach and colorectal cancer with greater garlic consumption. Now, how might garlic have a protective effect against cancer? Well, unfortunately, no clinical trials have been conducted looking at garlic intake and cancer risk. But some animal studies and cell culture studies may provide some insight. In these experimental studies, garlic detoxified carcinogens by stimulating the detox cytochrome P450 enzymes. Garlic increased antioxidant activity and sulfur compound binding. Some studies also demonstrated that garlic could directly kill sarcoma and gastric colon, bladder, and prostate cancer cells in tissue culture but again, this does have yet to be studied in humans. There are also many in vitro studies that illustrate that garlic has some antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal activities. Anne Cree, in 1999, in the journal Microbes and Infection, reported that the compound allicin, which is rich in garlic, has many antimicrobial characteristics against some bacteria, viruses, and fungi. The main antimicrobial effects of allicin in garlic is due to its chemical reaction with thiol groups of various enzymes with microbes. For example, Tissane in 1985 showed that garlic in cell culture had antiviral activity against influenza B and herpes simplex viruses, but unfortunately not against the virus Coxaxi B1. Jostling in 2001 in the journal Advances in Therapy published a study looking at garlic supplementation and the incidence of catching a cold between November and February. Now the scientists recruited 146 volunteers and provided the isolated compound allicin from garlic and provided just this compound allicin as the supplement every day for 12 weeks or the participants received a placebo pill. Now, during this 12-week period, the number of people who caught a cold in the placebo group was 65. But in the garlic group, only 24 people caught a cold, so much lower. But not only that, if people wound up catching a cold, the length of their cold was also shorter with greater allison intake. Or Sorry, with regular allicin intake. Their cold length, on average, was 5 days in the placebo group, whereas in the allicin group, the average length of the cold was only one and a half days. So based on this one clinical trial, it appears that daily intake of allicin from garlic can have some immune-boosting effects. However, it is important to mention that this study was performed by the garlic center in the United Kingdom, so there could be a bit of conflict of interest there. There was a clinical trial that was written in Russian that had the abstract translated to English that reported that regular garlic intake also reduced the incidence of influenza, but I wasn't able to access this article fully in order to evaluate it. So if you are interested in adding garlic to your diet, what is the best form of garlic? Well, Lawson in the journal Nutrients in 2018 compared several types of garlic either in supplements, raw, or cooked, and assessed the bioavailability of the compound allicin from garlic in 13 subjects. Now, allicin is thought to be one of the more healthful components of garlic. So raw chopped garlic had the greatest amount of allicin released in the body. Now, next best after chopped garlic was chopped garlic that had been stored in oil that was store-bought or acid minced garlic. Now, these were pretty close for the bioavailability of that healthful compound, allicin. Now, garlic that is roasted to 160 degrees Celsius had about half the amount of allicin bioavailable compared to the raw charped garlic. If the garlic is boiled, even just for five minutes, then you lose actually a lot of that healthful compound. You lose about 80% of the allicin. Now, in regard to supplements, there actually was a lot of variation, and it's hard to make any conclusions. I mean, sometimes the supplements were just as good as raw garlic, and sometimes they were much worse. Overall, a garlic tablet that was enteric-coated, meaning that the tablet was covered with a substance that delayed the release of the, the garlic until and had passed through the stomach and was broken down only in the the intestine, seemed to have worse allicin bioavailability versus the non-enteric garlic tablets that would be digested in the stomach. Lastly, a high-protein meal eaten with the garlic supplement seemed to reduce the bioavailability of the allicin as well. So if you want the highest allicin levels, you could eat Raw chopped garlic on its own or with a low-protein meal. Or if you really don't like eating raw garlic, just keep in mind to eat more roasted garlic, for example, to make up for some of that lost allicin. Or you could try some of these garlic tablets and see what you think of them. Now I know the one side effect and major deterrent to people eating garlic or taking a garlic supplement is the odor. Now, some say that garlic powder has a less strong odor for them versus, you know, like raw garlic. Now, there are some garlic supplements that claim that they have no odor or are odorless. Now, to be honest, they are not completely odorless. What they have done is coated the garlic tablet so the pill is not broken down in the stomach, but rather the pill is broken down later on in the intestine. This is what's called the enteric coating. Now, this may reduce the garlic odor on the breath, but some clinical trials still report that overall a garlic odor, even in these garlic supplements, is reported. But just as Lawson had shown last year in the paper I just reported, the enteric coating may potentially reduce the bioavailability of the healthful component allicin. Now, here are some other tips about reducing the garlic odor. Castada in 2017 reported that mint leaves, like mint or spearmint leaves, could reduce the sulfur volatile odor compounds produced from chopped garlic. So you could try eating some mint leaves or spearmint leaves with the garlic, and that could potentially deodorize the garlic within the body. Hansen Nungrum in 2010 in the Journal of Food Science reported that ingesting beverages or eating foods with high water and or higher fat content, such as whole milk, may reduce the odor after garlic ingestion and mask the garlic flavor during eating. Now to enhance the deodorizing effect, the garlic should be mixed with the milk or otherwise high water, high fat food as opposed to drinking the milk after eating the garlic. So in essence, you could try some mint leaves in whole milk or coconut milk, for example, which has a high fat content and drinking that with the garlic and see if it helps reduce the odor. Another helpful tip is to not chew the garlic, but rather swallow the chopped garlic, as this will also help reduce the odor. As well, you could also just choose to take in the garlic on days that you are staying home and don't really care about what you smell like when you're sitting at home. So that is a wrap my people scientist army. In brief summary, eating garlic is associated with a lower risk for stomach and colorectal cancer. Clinical trials show that garlic supplements can lower blood glucose levels, may lower blood pressure, and may improve blood cholesterol levels. Garlic may also have some benefits in reducing inflammation and improving the immune system's effectiveness against the common cold. Now make sure to follow me on social media. Because that is where I post the main studies that I've talked about in today's episode. And i also like to share a little bit of extra tidbits of information throughout the week on the week's topic as well. Now this week, I am off to the Society for Neuroscience conference in Chicago, where I will be presenting some of my work on female alcohol use disorder. And when I'm at that conference, I hope to be able to get a lot of new insights for some great new upcoming episodes for all of you as well. So if you are by chance a fellow neuroscientist and you are going to the conference, then send me a message and hopefully we can meet up. I hope you all have a super healthy week and you can bet that I will meet you back here next week, the same time and the same place with some new science for all of you on the People Scientist podcast. Bye for now. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates.